Hey. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. You're an interesting guy. Likewise. So you said you were working on a project today? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, it was actually uh, a documentary, uh, NFL documentary, uh, The Dark Side of Football. is going to air on Vice's platform. Uh, it's a continuation of The Darker Side of Boxing. Nice. So it's my first accredited role. Uh, played uh, Kyle Tilly and Patrick Mahomes. Um, okay. What it was, um? It was quite the experience. What sparked that? Well, uh, actually, I had uh, sent an email for an audition uh, for a coach I seen, and then they called me back, and I didn't even know who Kyle Tilly uh, Turley was, uh, but it ended up being perfect because him and I look so much alike. Uh, so. I ended up getting a new agent through a fame agency in New Orleans and everything. So things are turning around and things are just happening at light speed. It's kind of crazy. It's surreal. I owe all my glory to God. That, that's awesome. Yeah, you um, you you were the right Uber driver for us uh, to definitely connect and, and to be a part of your world. It's been it's been interesting. No, absolutely. I think everything happens for a reason, Milan. I had to like kind of gather myself as you were talking because you were taking the words like literally right out my mouth <laughs> and I was like wow if this is not a sign that you and I are on the right frequency and on the right path I mean I don't know what it is yeah just in the last couple of years I've, I've been attracting a lot of uh similar minded people and, you know, that are that are excelling in their own way, in their own field and whatnot, but definitely on that same frequency of of just gratitude and creation rather than competition. And it's just been very inspiring and enlightening and encouraging and, you know, exciting. <laughs> that uh, the secret in the law of attraction says if you're in a situation where you're trying to be competitive, you're going to uh, attract more situations to be competitive amongst other people and to only be in competition with yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, um, once I, I realized, you know, the whole, you know, you're co-creating your life with God that it just, things seemed to just flow so much better. And, you know, my, my own confidence and, and self-assuredness just increased dramatically because, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that you better hurry up and go buy a house or else somebody else will get it. And, or, you know, you better ask that girl out before somebody else does. But really what I've come to realize and what a lot of people believe in and teach is that no one can have what is meant for you and you can't have what's meant for somebody else. 100. It's thinking that there's a lack of resources. There's unlimited resources for everybody. We could all win together if I eat, you eat. Right. Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> there's an unlimited supply in the unseen world that supplies our, our, our world and, and ourselves, which is awesome. And it goes along with being greedy and then thinking that there's a lack of resources and stuff like that. I mean, it's unlimited. Like, we're, we're abundant. It's, we're going to always keep on evolving and creating new things. You know, that's what makes the world go around. I want to ask you, so what is part of your daily routine? A big part of my daily routine is, is how I start my day. And, you know, I, I control the first words that come out of my mouth when I wake up, no matter what time it is, no matter how tired I am. 
and I make sure that those, the first words out of my mouth are to God. And it's usually something in Arabic or something in, in Hebrew, just because I've learned those prayers pretty, they're pretty quick to say out loud real quick. Um, and then I, I just spend a bit of time just talking to myself, really projecting over my day, you know, you know, everything that I touch is going to prosper. And, you know, this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to be glad and I'm better today than, than I was yesterday. And just letting that be the, how I, how I begin each day. And, you know, throughout the day too, I have different reminders that come through on my phone of, of, of who I am and what I am and what I'm going for to just keep me focused on, on my bigger goals and the, the larger, the larger life itself as I go throughout my day. It's the foundation of the day. The devil will try to get you in the morning first thing. Yeah, if you let it. But I learned too that, you know, the Bible says don't let the devil have a foothold, which means you have the power already. So oh, absolutely. It's, just a, it's just about keeping that power. And you formulating that power first thing in the morning. That's the most important part of your day. Yeah, I, um, I'm a firm believer, you know, that, that success leaves clues. And, you know, anybody that's made any type of real success, especially long term, you know, they there's clues on how they did it. And one of the things is, is they can they control their mind and their routine as much as possible. And, you know, have that. Uh, yeah. Consistency and that ability to just say no. You know, I think a lot of times the loudest voice in our head is is other people's. And that's because we've said yes to too many things, you know, having too many options and too many people in your head and too many projects. I think doing less is a, is a real key for me to be successful in what I'm doing. Yeah, a lot of times less is more. People will definitely try to uh, instill doubt, you know, rub off their insecurities and their fear on you because they don't have the courage. But, you know, we can't listen to those people and that negative negativity. No, and th there's no short of it, shortage of, of negativity. But, you know, it's it's about how much you're, what, what you're willing to have and what you're not willing to have in your own life. You know, if you're willing to be around negative people, then, then that's your choice. But, you know, I'm just not willing to do that anymore. And I've, I've seen how my life before my injury, when I was willing to just do and be around negative people that, you know, my life was pretty crappy and, you know, I was depressed and things like that. But, you know, post injury, what I'm willing to do is just be around people that, support me and are, are living their best version of their life, at least. Hallelujah. It's the wisdom to know the difference. So I'll be honest with you. Uh, I listened to one pack, one podcast uh, prior, and it was uh, mm -hmm. Joyce Mars, but it was more of like a sermon. It was a live recording. Uh, and after I dropped you off, I listened to your first podcast. I didn't quite finish it because I didn't have time, but, you know, I envisioned myself and I think that what a podcast is supposed to do, take you, you know, bring you to that place of where the narrator is speaking and to wake up, just imagine anybody listening to this, to wake up and you're in a hospital bed, you have a halo attached to you and it's not a halo like you in heaven. You literally no. cannot do anything for yourself. I think it was very powerful. I mean, it made me emotional and hats off to you to taking that that tragedy and turning it into a triumph. I think that's amazing. Yeah, because it, you know, it didn't happen overnight, of course, but, you know, I think it was good that I had a, a, a faith base, you know, that gave me 
somewhere to look after my injury. And it, it put me in such a, uh, a singular focus to want better and to just, you know, figure this whole thing out of, of, of what had just happened to my body. And, you know, I just got to the point where it's like, you know, what if this is all true? You know, what if the Bible is true? What if God's for me? What if, what if, what if? And, you know, if that's true, then no matter what happens to me, it has to be for my good somehow. And, you know, eventually I got to that point and, and now I'm really thankful for it because, you know, it, it stopped me from the negative path I was on. And the people that were never for me just fell off by the wayside because, you know, they didn't really, they weren't really there for me in the long term anyway. And, you know, what I was left with and who I was left with and really gave me the, the catalyst that I needed. And it also gave me the time to just stop, you know, like a lot of people don't stop and really consider their life and their life choices until, you know, they're in their 50s or 60s or, or something like that. And, you know, I had the chance to do that at 17. So it really gave me a catalyst to be around and different people and to just pursue things in the way that I, I really wanted to and do it without fear because I had lost everything, you know, but no one no one at the time even thought that I would progress at all and have any feeling or any movement. So everything that I was doing, you know, nobody could tell me not to, or they couldn't tell me how to do it because I was figuring it all out, which ended up giving me a whole lot of freedom. And, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. You could allow fear, fear to cripple you or you could utilize it as ambition. I mean, I think that everything happens for a reason, you know, it's in the valleys that you grow. Like I said, uh, when we were talking in the car, but you know, it's those times where you're alone and you become comfort with you, comfortable with yourself, and uh, you know, maybe revert back to being an introvert, and that's gonna to give you all the confidence and the strength that you need in those times where it may be the darkest. All the the drops that that are in my book, you know, th those came mostly like ninety percent of them during that first few years after my injury of, of that alone time and that, that self-talk when I was just so open to wisdom and just open to hearing in the spirit and open to my own, you know, my own story, my own greatness. And, you know, one of the quotes says, you know, insight comes from those who have experienced darkness and made their way out. You know, it's, it's the superhero that we admire, but it's not until after they go through something crazy, something that seemed like it was, you know, too hard to get past. Be your own superhero. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we love movies like, you know, the Avengers and whatnot, because, you know, Captain America didn't give up or, you know, they kept trying to figure it out, you know, looking for that solution and, you know, finding people that believed in your journey and, and riding with those people, even if it's just a handful of people. You know, when Thanos killed off half the world, they weren't left with a whole lot of people. But, you know, you find you find your tribe and you just keep going and it ends up being a great story, you know. You definitely find your tribe. As you go older, you know, you grow older, it's just like, I, w I wouldn't change anything. It molds you into who you are today. Definitely find your tribe. And sometimes your tribe doesn't have to be that big. No, and, and sometimes your tribe, you know, and I'm thankful for this time that we live in, because sometimes your tribe can be people that you may never even know and may never even meet in, in real life. But, you know, watching somebody else's YouTube channel or, or somebody else's, listening to somebody else's podcast, you know, I've gotten so much out of the wisdom of strangers through social media and technology, you know, and or even just books. And it, it helped me to understand myself and to progress a lot faster and just realize, you know, that this is everybody's first time. 
And, you know, I'm trying to live it right. And I'm trying to do as much as I can to have a great story and a great legacy for, you know, generations. No, I definitely want to leave a legacy without a doubt. You know, my motto in life is to keep on galloping. You know, life will hit you trials, tribulations, obstacles, hurdles. We must keep on galloping. Every day is a new day. Day one, right? Yeah, day one. It, it's <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I posted on Twitter on my, uh, my, my daily drops the other day and said, you know, people are always looking for tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. But really tomorrow never comes because as soon as you think it's tomorrow, it turns into today. So you might as well just do it today. Unbelievable. I just had a good friend that died February 1st and it really put everything into perspective. He was also my neighbor. I've, I've weathered many, many storms in my lifetime. Uh, that's why I'm a motivational speaker. But I think this was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And he was only, he had just turned 25 in December. I mean, 25. Could you imagine? So tomorrow is not promised. And no. it made me just kind of like re-evaluate my goals. And I was coasting along. You know, I'm in school and I'm doing things, but I wasn't giving in 110 percent like I know I can, that my character is capable of. So, you know, that's why I had to, you know, start acting again and just start doing things or whatever, because I believe that if I would get maybe the notoriety of being an actor, it could bridge the it bridge the two of my passion being a motivational speaker. But then. It may not even be that. I meet people like you and other things are happening. So, you know, my pastor at church, just, it's like crazy things that like little things has been happening. And it's just signs that I'm on the right path. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, they have big dreams or big desires or whatever, but they get stuck on on the how. You know, how am I going to get to this this ultimate pinnacle? But I think, you know, don't concern yourself with the ultimate how but just go on the next step. You know, what, what are your interests? And when you say yes to yourself and yes to your own desires, I think it's, you're just bound to be led down, down the right path for you. And, you know, you might take some twists and turns to get to that ultimate pinnacle. But I think saying yes to yourself and doing those steps where you know it's right, even if it's just one step that, that gets you further, that gets you closer to your goal than you were before. No, don't ask how, when, or why. Just trust the process, and that's where faith comes in. Yeah. Yeah, because I, um, you know, part of my day one mindset is just, you know, focus on the, your what and not your how. Because God is the how, and he wants it to be that way. He wants you to, to not know everything so that you constantly look to him. What made, you, um, what made you pursue your law degree, though? Well, it's something that I always wanted to do. I've always been, uh, you know, if you tell me no, I'm going to find a yes. I'm going to find a loophole. And my business partner, she's graduating from Michigan State. And she's the one that really encouraged me to pursue it. I graduated July 1st. Well, it was my last class. I didn't actually have the commencement virtual until December. But I started at Tulane. And it just took me trying. I never, I didn't think that I would be able to get in. Tulane is, I mean, the, the Harvard is the South. And here I am at my dream institution in the second sem semester. And I thought I was pretty smart, but I mean, this is like ambiguous words and I'm basically self-teaching myself. So it's taught me a lot. It's opened up a lot of things and stuff like that. And it definitely will help me. But uh, I want to give back. And that's just, you know, 
it'll go hand in hand with my motivational speaking and restructuring corporations and stuff like that. It'll help me with being an entrepreneur, but it'll also help me with helping others as well. Understanding the law. So if you were to describe yourself in one sentence, as far as, you know, who you are and what you want to do, ultimately, what would you, what would you say? I would say that my second motto is I'm a chameleon, a phoenix, and a donkey. I blend, I rise, and I kick. Uh, I think we all should have chameleon-like antics to where we could acclimate. Um, we should rise like a phoenix from the ashes because there's no point in your life where you cannot turn it around, no matter how bad it is. People do it all the time at every different age. And then we must kick because we should kick the negativity. There's enough of that. You said that, I mean, there's probably more negativity in the world than there is like abundance of positivity. So just kick the haters and just kick all that nonsense and, you know, trust your, your, your internal intuition and pray for discernment because that will definitely catapult you to the success in your dreams. But try a little ounce of effort goes a long way and it creates like a ripple. I think that we should all be worried about the ripples we're creating because those ripples, the more you have and the more positive ones, that's what's going to lead you to your legacy when you're, you know, hopefully in eternity with the glory of God. Yeah, one of my, um, one of my first tattoos that I got on my forearm is two roses and they're exactly the same because I kept having it in my head, swimming around in my head that you know, my life is going to affect people that I know and people that I don't know. So I need to be mindful of, of my thoughts and my actions and the things that I do, because, you know, like you said, with the ripples, like you never know how far those ripples are going to go and you never know who's looking. And I think that's that's super important to think about. Or the actions that you have that affect other people that you may have no idea. So it's also about being considerate. A lot of so many people are so lethargic and narcissistic that they're not considerate of other people in the actions that your actions may face other people. So consideration goes a long way. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I was wondering when I was looking at your page and stuff about, you know, what with the donkey and the hee-haw and, and how does that relate to everything? But the way you, you put it makes so much sense. You know, it started off with uh, clown-like, clown, clown foolery and going out and acting the donkey, but it's kind of led to something bigger, like its own phenomenon in itself, that it's a motivational tactic. And as a leader, I think everybody deserves a good hee-haw. But <laughs> it's also my character, like this is who I am, my personality and everything. So uh, I worked the election last Saturday and, you know, it's a lot of older people, so I'm entertaining them, I'm full of energy and stuff like that. And they're like, how long I mean, do you study this donkey stuff? And I'm like, it's been like this my whole life. So I just always have an in the window that like reverts to like something of a donkey, you know? So I gallop, I hoof kick, stuff like that or whatever. And it's, it's become my motivational tactic. And that's why my t-shirt line. So like, I want to revisit when you got in the car, you telling me about your t-shirt line and you trying to give back. And I'm like, well, this is my t-shirt line. I'm by all means not trying to one up you, but I'm trying to relate to you to show you like, wow, look at this, you know, like it's two different causes, but we have the same intention. 
and he home for the homeless. You know, I think a lot of people ignores the homeless population and it, we don't have to ask how, when or why they got there. That's none of our business, but, you know, give people a chance and be considerate of their situation. So I would like to help those people. So thus he home for the homeless. The, every so often, like I'll have a conversation with somebody on the street and they're just so appreciative because I had this guy tell me that, you know, people never talk to him and, you know, he almost forgot how to have a conversation because people are just so dismissive, like he's not even there. And, you know, Very it just dismissive. helped him, it just helped him, you know, remind himself, that, you know, that he is still a person, that he's still a man and that he's still here, you know, and that he matters. And, you know, there's, there's a handful of scriptures that I, that I remember and that I hang on to. And, you know, one of them is when Jesus said that, you know, I was in prison and you didn't write me. You know, I was I was naked and you didn't give me clothes. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. You know, I was thirsty and you didn't bring me anything to drink. And, you know, his disciples were saying, like, when did that happen, dude? And he's like, no, if you do it to anybody, you do it to me. And I know what it's like firsthand to be dismissed and discounted because, you know, prior to my injury, you know, I was six foot something and, you know, a football player and an athlete and, you know, you know, head head honcho at the school and whatnot. But after my injury and then, you know, I'm in the chair, I'm, I'm more than paralyzed and just debilitated and with the halo and a neck brace and stuff. And people would talk at me or talk about me rather than talking to me. And I never had to really self-advocate and, and to assert myself until after the injury. And I, I realized that, you know, at different stages, people go through that in a lot of different situations. And that was one of the catalysts for my clothing line to, to be something that empowered women because unfortunately the world discounts women just for the fact that they're women. So I knew that as I grew and, and used my status as a, as a strong man and a powerful man that I would use that, that power to affect change and impact others and, and to really give back and celebrate women for, for who they are. It circles around that, like, you and I have the same intention and the focus and the right frequency because for over a decade, I've prayed for success as a foundation to be able to give back and to help others. It's not just about me. Yes, I may be a little bit more comfortable, but I want to catapult it to really be able to give back and inspire. And, you know, that's why my passion is motivational speaking. But I think it's important that, like, the little things you do on a daily basis when absolutely no one is around, it could be helping an elderly person. It could be acknowledging a homeless person. They're human beings. It's little things that you do to give back to society that you're creating those ripples, and it determines your character. And there's only one person that's around that will know that, and that's the only one that matters. Yeah, I, I think we're um, we're a lot more powerful than we think. And, and, you know, everything does matter. And that's one thing that, you know, when my injury happened and I, I was laying in the hospital one night and Jesus was sitting on the end of my bed and he told me, you know, from now on, just be mindful that everything that you think and do and or not do counts like it all counts. So, you know, don't forget that, you know, your actions have consequences. And even if you don't see the consequences right away then that doesn't mean that they're not powerful and that they're not moving or planting seeds, you know, in people or in situations. 
and you know it goes back to the how and not being concerned with the how because you'd never know what small act or small decision is going to either catapult your success or hinder your success or just you know hinder your own happiness because I, I think it's it's all about being happy and being abundant you can block your blessings you know but I always say that no good egos are noticed so thank you for acknowledging the fact that you know I was able to be interesting to you in that situation and people always ask me uh I'm like I'm a motivational speaker with the John Maxwell team and they're like who's your audience what's your what's your mission who you speak to where you speak at and like 10 questions well first of all I'm quick on my feet I have a photographic memory so you're not going to catch me slipping but you don't need an audience you don't need an auditorium of course it would be nice I would love to have you eventually on my panel of one of the Tony Robbins of course that success would be fulfilling but it's little things that I connect with people in an Uber ride one-on-one -on -one that is undescribable. And like you're a witness to this and it's leading us to do my first podcast and just to meet somebody amazing as yourself that you inspired me in return. So it goes hand in hand. So I'm very appreciative. Like I said, no good egos unnoticed. Yeah, I, I think when you, you know, you have an abundant mindset and a, a gratitude mindset, you know, you just, you're, you're bound to experience those, those moments of serendipity. And um, it reminds me of a quote that I heard by Einstein that said, people call them consequences or coincidences, but coincidence is really just God's way of staying anonymous, you know, and just letting us experience the, these moments of awe and, and connection that, you know, serve us. And, and I, I'm glad that I'm in a place and you are too, that, you know, you really notice them and you're aware when those things happen and don't just discount them for some chance encounter, but a part of a bigger, broader story. Everything happens for a reason. And there's absolutely no such thing as a coincidence. I've run that a long time ago and you're right. It is being aware because we could just be going along with life, frolicking and galloping and not even paying attention. So it shows how far you and I have uh, become you know, have, have come. Yeah. I think that awareness gives you power, you know, and awareness of your own self, because I'm a firm believer that, you know, you only have solutions and, you know, when you're living your life, even the, the minute decisions, like, you know, whether or not you're going to have a bowl of ice cream or something, you're still finding solutions of, you know, where's the spoon, where's the bowl, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, when we're going through life, a lot of people are, quick to doubt themselves because they haven't learned to trust themselves and you know they don't learn they don't know what their voice is and they don't know what their power is and I'm, I'm thankful that I've had that downtime and that those struggles in order to know where I stand and to know how powerful I am and also to know where the source of my power really lies and it's not me but it is within me and that's that's something that nobody can take away absolutely not being uh, in your own serenity and join your own company. And it also helped me with the, in the quarantine as well. You know, so I was, I was good with being an introvert when I've been an extrovert my whole life. You know, I didn't need a, an entourage anymore. And I'm okay with that. I could be an extrovert when I want to, but I enjoy coming home in my own serenity. It's me and my dog. And then when I, when I want to go frolic or do whatever, you know, I could go and be social. It's, you know, being able to be aware and turn it off and on. Right. 
Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to be comfortable being by themselves. And, you know, it it wasn't necessarily by choice with my injury. You know, I was just alone a lot and, you know, living with my parents and just being there more so than any, you know, typical teenager would, would be. But out of safety reasons, I had to be. But having that alone time, you know, while at the time it wasn't necessarily that fun, but I'm so thankful for it now because it, it just set me apart from a lot of my counterparts that never took the time to self-evaluate and to really figure out where their life is going and, and, and their own role in it, you know? Yeah, you definitely don't realize how much of a blessing things could be in the time of a tragedy or a dark situation. But eventually with that, finding that silver lining and that positivity – you eventually see it later. And that's a blessing in itself. Yeah, because I mean, even my injury, like it's given me so much insight, but it's also, you know, persevering. And anytime you're, you're, you have a, a long battle or, you know, people that go to the gym and they, like, they work out like their entire life is, you know, in the gym, like as a CrossFit athlete or, you know, an, an NCAA athlete or something like that. But constant physical hard work, people don't realize how mental that is and how much your mind is involved in that process. And, you know, I've just really grown so much in the, in my mind because of the physical challenges and the things that I've had to figure out, you know, because it's not people, a lot of people are looking for motivation. I think like, Oh, you know, you must be so motivated to do all these things. And it's, it's not really about motivation or even, you know, Oh yeah, I, I definitely feel like working out today or I definitely feel like pushing a wheelchair around, but, it comes down to, you know, who I am as a person and the reality that I've created and the reality that's coming. I know that, you know, these actions are definitely benefiting me and benefiting my family. So it's, it takes away the the need for motivation and the need for quote unquote feeling like it. And it just goes to the process and the type of person that, that you're creating, which is a lot more freeing than anything else. I mean, 100, I agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it's very important uh, to work out and increase mental clarity. So I was relocated to Austin, Texas, and I was like completely miserable. And it's a hard pill to swallow to admit that you're miserable. So I was drinking like red wine by the gallons. I felt like cooking, eating. I'm a Cajun boy. I love to cook, eat bad. I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. They thought I had liver failure that was misdiagnosed as fatty uh, liver disease. And I was like, I have to get back home. I had more opportunities in New Orleans. So I disembarked and I started working out at Orange Theory. You know, I did motivational speaking for them. Uh, I won their transformation challenge. And then after quarantine, I started at F45. So that's part of my daily things. And that's what I actually today to to reschedule because I end up having to film and I don't really want to go to the gym like lethargic. So I went as soon as I woke up this afternoon and I mean, I've pushed myself to limits that I've never thought that I could do. And I won the transformation challenge at F45 as well. But the mental clarity that comes from it is like, you can, it's priceless. You couldn't buy that. So that it goes in part of my my motto as to keep on galloping. And you're doing that as well, and you have limitations, so anybody could do it. Yeah, and, you know, my limitations really have just forced me to be more creative 
which only serves me in the creative field that I'm in. You know, whether that's, uh, you know, counseling other people or writing books or, you know, coming up with new designs, you know, my mind is working a lot faster than other people. And like, I know myself so well that I don't get bogged down by circumstances. I know that I'm above my circumstances regardless, whether they're great or they're, they're shitty. I'm still above my circumstances and I'm not a victim to it. No, because you're finding a solution. So there's been people that's tried to tell me about myself and I'm like, there's nothing you cannot tell me because I know myself better than anyone. And I admit fault. I'll tell you when I'm wrong. It might be far and few between, <laughs> but you know, I'll admit when I'm, I'm wrong. And, you know, it goes a long way because we must hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, I, I think, you know, holding yourself ultimately accountable and responsible for your life. You know, you can't predict, you know, every little thing that's going to happen and you might not be responsible for, you know, the car accident that you got in, but you have to hold yourself accountable about how you react. And I think, you know, life is extremely subjective and it really is about your own perception. You know, how do you perceive this situation or how do you perceive this conversation or this relationship? And, you know, sometimes your expectations are just off and, that's just about, you know, simple perceptions of situations. And if you are going at it in a competitive mindset, you keep, you know, you're always thinking that you're missing out or that that time is, is fleeting and whatnot, rather than, you know, that life is for you and you're just creating your life. And, you know, as you go along, you like you said, there's no time where you can't just turn around or make a hard left. Even, you know, when you when you lose big, you can still decide where you go from there. And, you know, something my injury taught me and gave me is just adaptability and, you know, being able to adapt and figure out and, and do so with a joyous mindset, you know, and a grateful mindset that, you know, I'm going to win regardless. And, you know, like a lot of people have said in the, in the Bible, you know, hey, if I die tomorrow, I'm still I'm still going to be glorified. So it's it, it's all good. It's about acclimating. You're doing a great job. You know, your future is bright. So I could have been a victim of my circumstances and a product of my environment. My family, my immediate family, they're both a black sheeps, my mother and father from both sides of the family, extreme drug addicts, uh, sewer dwellers. They're just not good people, like point blank period. My brother's been in prison since he was 13. They're con artists. And I had to desegregate myself. Entire, the entire town that I grew up in excommunicated me based on their actions so i had to get in my horse and buggy and i had to gallop on out of that town and i had to create a life of my own but i wasn't gonna let those circumstances define me and is that i had survivor's guilt i had successes guilt like why did i survive this and and i don't want to ever think that i'm better than anybody else because i always want to remain humble but i had to put them in god's hands and the first time that i prayed for them I had an epiphany. I almost lost control of my car and it was taking that hate away, that hate out of my heart that I had for them. And I had to just like pray for them and wish the best for them. And only God could help them. My brother went back to jail this week, you know, and I don't want to see anybody suffer. Nobody. I mean, no one. So that's only hurting me by wishing harm on somebody else. But we determine our future. We're the only ones that we are responsible for. And I think that's just a, a gift in itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, people don't realize, you know, sometimes they don't realize until it's too late that forgiveness is really the way to move forward 
And sometimes that's forgiving yourself. And, you know, that's something that I learned. And I went to a, a, a millionaire's conference a couple, like the February of 2019 out in New York. And that was one of the things that we meditated on for an entire session was forgiveness, you know, and, try to, and going back to the earliest memory of our life that we could, you know, when we felt that we were wronged and just forgiving those people. And that really, you know, I had a bit of guilt too, because I had a, a, a strained relationship, you could say, with, with my father for, for a long time. And then, you know, when my injury happened, he was just right there. He was right there in the hospital and he was right there when I came home and, you know, supported me ever since. And I just felt so guilty because I had treated him so bad for, you know, things that he couldn't even change or things that were not his fault that I just blamed him for. And having that forgiveness and that release and just, like you said, letting God, you know, handle them the way he sees fit. And to just realize that it's not all my responsibility was just so freeing and, and gave me so much clarity and, and just appreciation for everything else. It also shows a lot of strength when you're able to apologize also. Yeah. Forgiveness and, uh, and acknowledging uh, that you're sorry, being sorrowful and apologizing, it goes a long way. So what's your what's your ultimate goal with with all this with with you know the motivation and the acting and and the the lawyer like you know if you project ten years from now from today where where are you? I would be in an auditorium with a panel of people from different races, genders, and ethnicities to be able to reach as many people as possible. I would be a humanitarian and a philanthropist, uh, an ambassador maybe and just doing the Lord's work, you know, being a vessel for God and just, you know, being the best person that I could absolutely be, being happy and being comfortable, but most importantly, being a servant for Christ. Awesome. That, that's a real clear picture. And, and I can tell that you've thought about those details. And um, I think that, that's an awesome thing as far as, getting anything in your life is just having having the details worked out you know as much as you can even if you don't know exactly how you're going to get those details but knowing what you're going for you know those ultimate desires no people ask the time so what form of law i'm like well i don't want to be a lawyer i want to be an actor and my passion is really motivational speaking i'm pretty sure they're like this dude's a straight cuckoo bird clock like it may Mm -hmm. seem like i don't have it together but i'm a very attention detail person and and it's important to like have a strategy, a, sh- a strategy, but also we can get bogged down when things don't go our way because God sometimes lapses our plans. And hence 2020, I had big plans and, you know, we have to re-strategize. We have to take that, that hand that we're dealt and play it to the best of our ability. Yeah. Yeah. Play whatever card you have at the time. It was an honor meeting you, and I hope that we can work together in the future. I would love to have someone of your caliber on my panel uh, because I believe that you have a gift, and I've seen that. It was, you know, a pleasure and honor to even meet you. Uh, It's definitely a blessing. So I know that you and I can work together and calculate our brain powers and be able to reach as many people as possible. For sure, yeah, I'm definitely open to that. You know, like I said, I'm. I've been open to wisdom since my injury and, and just, you know, opportunities as they come. 
and that, you know, I believe that God will give me exceedingly abundantly more than I can ask or think. And, you know, it's stuff like this that I didn't, you know, necessarily see coming and didn't ask for, but I can see now how it's already given to me and, and to all my listeners as well. So we're very wealthy, you know, very wealthy and very blessed. And it's important to just surrender yourself on a daily basis because we're like, we're not in control, even if we like to think we are. No, turns out control's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. So before we get going, um, tell me a funny story or something awkward or, or funny or, or crazy that, that happened to you and, you know, caught you by surprise, gave you a good laugh. Well, I like to think that I would be the funny person making people laugh or whatever. People say I'm hilarious, but, you know, there's a lot of times where people say that I'm weird and I always say that I'd rather be weird than lame and it's okay to be different. Because why blend in when you're meant to stand out? So I'm going to go stand outside because I'm outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I can see why you're successful in, in the public speaking realm. It's well, awesome. thank you. That's, that's a compliment. That's definitely a compliment. And, you know, I definitely think that, you know, it's what I was here to do. So it's definitely my passion. And so... I was watching the Tony Robbins uh, documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, and I had an epiphany, and it was like, this is what you're supposed to be doing now. So you knowing who John Maxwell was, I mean, there's a lot of people that's like our age and that doesn't know who he is. You know, they might know Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone, but they don't know John Maxwell. And the reason why I chose him as my mentor was because he was Christian-based. So... You knowing who he was, I knew you knew what you was talking about. Hats off. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeehaw, laughs> definitely. Yeah, sometimes you got to kick life in the teeth and, and, and yeah, with, with both hind legs. Hoof kick it, going. absolutely. In the medulla. <laughs> right. Well, all right, brother, I appreciate the convo. I'm going to, uh, I'll chop up the audio and stuff and then, and then I'll publish uh, next Thursday, but I'll send you the link. So that you can, uh, you know, share it with your network. No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to working with you in the future, man. God bless. I wish you an eternity of abundance. I appreciate it, brother. We'll Likewise. talk soon. All right. Bye, man.